just love cars. If I had a huge garage, I would have 20 cars. I would. 15, 30 cars. I love cars. I said that when you're an Angelino and you grow up in Los Angeles, your relationship to cars is very different than people in other parts of the country. And I've many, many times, you know, I've been shopping for a car and there's like some great deal on a car and I say, that's just, that car is simply not me. I can't buy that car. <laughs> Welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities. I'm Randy Cardoon. Big moment coming up before the 2019 Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. It's the new inductions into the Long Beach Motorsports Hall of Fame, and they include Australian Will Power and the Frenchman Sebastian Bourdais. I'll be talking with Sebastian a little bit later on here in the podcast. By the way, did you know Bourdais was born to race? at Le Mans, and that's because he was actually born in Le Mans? How about that? Now, from 1986 to 1974, America TV viewers seem to have kind of this love affair with lawyers on TV, and no show really grabbed the imagination more than NBC's L.A. Law. You remember that, with Corbin Burnson, Harry Hamlin, Susan Day, just to name a few. Michelle Green, she was on the show, played up-and-coming lawyer Abby Perkins until leaving the show in 1991. Now, normally, you wouldn't think of Green being a car person. When I mention anybody on that show, you're just going, oh, yeah, Abby Perkins was a car person. No, you wouldn't think of that. Maybe Bernson and Hamlin for some of the cool cars they were driving at the time, the Jaguars, the BMWs, Mercedes, whatever. Recently, at a Hollywood show event in Los Angeles, I was talking to a lot of people. In fact, uh, you've already heard some of them in previous podcasts. And I ran across Michelle. She mentioned to me how much she loves cars. And you know what I say about everybody has a car story. So sure enough, I asked Michelle for her car story. My very first car was a hideous chartreuse 1974 Volkswagen Beetle. Um, I bought it in 1979. Um, I had started working in television that summer because I graduated from high school in June. I started college in September. And that summer I started my first job in television. I did like two jobs that summer. And I desperately needed a car. And I remember really clearly, I don't know why, I lived right in LA, but for some reason I drove out to El Segundo to buy a car. Um, and I, I bought a car not the way you're supposed to. I bought a car, like, I drove by and saw it and said, I want that one. As opposed to, is it a good car? You know, whatever. It was a great car. I drove it all so through college. So that particular yeah. car, you said, oh, I must I, have I it. I must have it. It was so cute. Um, you were the salesman's favorite I was, I was. Day. I walked in with cash, and I bought that car. Oh, my gosh. And it was, um, it was actually a really good car. I didn't know anything about cars, you know, so I ran it out of oil. I blew the engine up on the Long Beach Freeway once. Um, I knew nothing. And I came from a family that knew nothing about cars. My mom, my dad had passed away when I was an infant, so there was no kind of, like, man who knew about cars. My mother knew nothing about cars. My mother had a lifetime of buying one lemon after another that looked good but were, like, horrible lemons. Um, so I had that chartreuse bug. 
At one point, I took it to Earl Scheib, and I had it painted the color of a kidney bean. Earl Scheib. And it was such a bad paint job that the paint never dried completely. So for years afterwards, the door would still be sticky on the inside. <laughs> um, and then I bought, uh, after that, I'm trying to think. Oh, I just love cars. If I had a huge garage, I would have 20 cars. I would. 15, 30 cars. I love cars. You're our kind of girl, Michelle. Oh, yeah, cars are. I'm an Angelino, so, you know. Tell us what you were saying earlier about being well, an Angelino. I said that when you're an Angelino and you grew up in Los Angeles, your relationship to cars is very different than people in other parts of the country. In other parts of the country, people buy cars because they're practical. They say, oh, well, this is a great car, whatever. If you're an Angelino, there has to be, the car has to have something about it that expresses your personality, right? Because you're so tied to your car. And, um, and I've many, many times, you know, I've been shopping for a car and there's like some great deal on a car and I say, that's just... That car is simply not me. I can't buy that car. <laughs> That's such an LA excuse. I know, I, that car is not me. <laughs> it's just not I, me. It's a great deal. I can't buy that car because it's just not me. So I'm very particular about like certain types of cars I simply won't buy. I would never buy a minivan. I just could never, even if I had 10 kids, I could never buy a minivan. I just can't do that. You've never had a minivan? I've never had a minivan. Well, you've son, never had 10 kids. My son wanted me to get a minivan once, and I just was like, I just don't think we can do that. We can't go there. <laughs> So what kind of vehicle did you get instead? Um, I think I got... A wagon? What was I going to get when we were getting... My son is standing right here. Oh, you know, it was because we were moving up to the snow. I got a, I got a Subaru. Oh. And it was a lemon. It was a horrible lemon. Really? Oh, yeah. Everybody tells you how great Subarus are. Mine was a horrible lemon. Subaru is like lemon. the car of Incline Village. I mean, yeah. if you go up to places like that, yeah. that is the national car. Yeah, it's a very sturdy car in the snow, but mine was an absolute lemon. Mm. Leaked oil constantly, burned oil like nobody's business, needed a new, needed like a new everything. It was just awful. By the way, this edition of Talking About Cars is not brought to you by Subaru. It's not brought to you by Subaru. <laughs> go ahead, Michelle. I have, um, as a snow car, because I live in an area where there's snow, I have... Right now I have two cars. I, I always have two cars. I have to always have two cars. I, if with one car, I feel very vulnerable. Like if that car goes in the shop or something, then I'm not able to get around. So I always have to have two cars. Um, and I have a great big old Suburban, like a big square blocky Suburban, which I only drive in the snow and it's a great car for that. But it's like you're driving an army tank, you know? Right. It's like rumbles. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, when you were in L.A. Law, talk about cars that people started to notice because of the opulence and oh, because yes, yes. of the fancy stuff and, and what Corbin Burnson drove and what Harry Hamlin yeah. drove. What did your character drive? If, oh, you my remember? character drove a Dodge. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. My character drove a Dodge. I remember that. I was like, it was the one day we were going to see Abby's car, and it was a, it was a red Dodge. It was kind of like like Abby's idea of a cool car, but she really couldn't buy a sexy car. So she had to buy kind of a practical American car. <laughs> <laughs> it was a red 
dodge. A red dodge. <laughs> not, and not a cool one like a Challenger no, or a Charger. No, it was a or, red dodge. Uh, I remember. It was like a sedan of some kind. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> wah, yeah. wah. The cars I love, though. My son and I go to the Peterson Automotive Museum. I would say a few times a year because we want to see. My son is a car. He's only 12, but he's a car aficionado. He's mad about cars. And we have, a, I would say, a good part of our drive home from school every day is spent discussing the various attributes. Right now, the various attributes of all the different Rolls Royces and how you can have picnic tables and how you can have all these various things. Um, but what I loved, we saw the Bugatti exhibit at the Peterson Museum which was, those are the most beautiful works of art, those cars. I mean, mm -hmm. we just couldn't get enough photos of them. God, they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. They have a lot of really neat stuff out there. They have, if you like cars, boy, is that a place to go. Did you ever go before the remodel? Yes. Yeah. I've been gone ever since it opened. I've gone pretty regularly. They had the old, with the, they had the old little, um, the situations out there where they kind of made little scenes out of yeah. uh, old classic stuff. I remember that. And yeah. uh, now they have the newer ones today, so they have some really neat stuff. What other uh, car museums have you checked out in the area? Um, I haven't really. I have. I've only been to the Peterson. I know there's one up in. Um, there's one up near Silmar. I haven't been to that one. Um, no. I love. What I also love was when that they have that whole thing of the lowriders at the Peterson because boy are those beautiful cars. Those lowriders are just works of art. I mean, they're gorgeous yeah, they cars. That kind of money they spent on the paint for Oh, those. they're just incredible cars. I mean, they're beautiful. No, I really, I like trucks, too. I love trucks. For many years, I drove a big, full-size, like an OJ Bronco for years. And I remember I would pull up to work, like on a movie set, and <laughs> people would expect you to show up in some, you know, pithy, girly BMW or something, and I'd pull up in this big red truck. <laughs> Ford Bronco. So was yeah. it white? No, it was black. Oh, okay. And then it was red. I was really big on painting cars for some reason. So I had it painted red. And then uh, what did I have after the Bronco? I, that Subaru was a real lemon. I'm trying to think what else I've had. Did you improve from Earl Scheib or did you keep him in business? No, no. I, I, never, I only went to Earl Scheib one time. Uh, when okay. you have a paint job that doesn't dry for like five years, you don't ever go back. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I love cars. I gave that car to my brother and then I think he sold it. Um... I had a beautiful 2002 BMW, beautiful one that was had this gorgeous like cobalt blue interior leather, and I always felt like Cary Grant in To Catch a Thief when I drove that car. Really? And then I sold it to a collector, a guy in um, North Carolina, who actually had it shipped out and everything. Now, when you say 2002 BMW, you mean the model? The not old, the model. Yeah, yeah, it was really old. It was yeah. like a very, very old one from the 70s. Sure. And it was gorgeous. Yeah. Man. And it drove really well. I used to drive it when he, my son. Remember when the silver car when we were and you were in preschool, and we used to drive it to preschool all the time. What? What's your son's name? What's your name? Jose. 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 Okay, so uh, what, what was the car you were trying to remember that he knew about? Oh, he knows all about. Um, you know, so right now, he knows all about everything, but right now he's very into Rolls-Royce. But he's also been very into McLarens and Ferraris. And what is it besides McLaren and Ferrari that you like? What? Oh, well, Lamborghinis. Lamborghinis? Ah. Lamborghinis. He's very into the whole Lux fast cars. Have you... Yeah. Uh, Oh, well, he's wandered he's off. He's wandered see. off. See, it's kind of like the attention span of most of my audience, yes. but that's all right. That's okay. That's, I, he's I, a car guy. So 
he's always advising me on what kind of car we should get. And he looks up all these things on, you know, different consumer reports and tells me, no, no, that's a bad car. Oh, really? Okay. Because <laughs> I'm getting ready to get a new car. I already have my car picked out, so I have to. So what do you want? I want to get a Mercedes GLA. Oh, those are good. The little one that's sporty. Yeah. Because a lot of Mercedes look like old people cars. <laughs> 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 They're like rich old people cars. Yes. And I just don't, they look so sedate, you know. I saw one that's really cute. It's eggplant colored, and it's really adorable, well, and I could, like it. You get the one which has the uh, doors that open up kind of hatch-wise? Yeah, hatchy doors, yeah. The hatch doors, yeah. yeah. Kind of like the... Kind uh, of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of driving, and so I really like... Um, I like German cars. You know, I mean, I just like how sturdy they feel and how well-made they feel. Mm -hmm. um, but and I, and I like Mercedes, but I just don't want... I don't want something that... You know, makes me feel like an old person in Orange County or something, you know. Jose's back. So do you watch Magnum P.I. and look at all the uh, Ferraris they have in the show? No. Okay, well. No, we go to, uh, we were in Las Vegas a great deal. In the, I'm from Las Vegas initially. I was born there. But I grew up my entire life in Los Angeles since I was about a year old. Um, but we were in Las Vegas a lot in the last year because I had some elderly relatives that I was spending a lot of time with. And uh, we would go all the time to, what's it called, Royalty Exotic? Royalty Exotic, where they have all these fabulous cars. And we would go, and he'd sit in them, and we'd start the engines. <laughs> Absolutely. And he kept telling me, Mom, can we rent this car to drive around? And I said, no, for $800 for two hours? No, we can't. <laughs> all the cars that are out there that you've had, if you could get one back, which one would that be? I would get back. I would get back my truck, my Bronco. Yeah, I would get back my truck. The OJ Bronco in yeah. black and red. Yeah, I sold it to a really nice kid, but I would get that car back if I could. Really? I love that car. Did you ever think of painting it white and driving it down? No, the no, racing down the freeway with police <laughs> after me. No, no. No, I never quite did. No, okay. Well, so you're not that much of a thrill seeker. I understand no, that. No, no. No. But it's, uh, I love that car. I named that car Bill, I remember. I love that car. It was a great car. Everybody has a list, a car list of cars they want. Oh, yeah. What's oh, the top gosh. three cars on Michelle Green's oh. list of cars you want someday? Oh, my gosh. Now that's really hard. My son wants me to want a Rolls Royce. Um, I don't think I would ever drive a Rolls Royce, but I know he would like one. I would like... A nice Ferrari, right? Yeah. Um, I would like. What is that car? I've, the name eludes me. I think Chrysler makes them. They're like purple, and they look like old oh, prowlers. Prowlers, yes. a purple prowler. Oh. oh, a purple prowler. I would love that. One of the originals. Yeah. Yes. Maybe they came I out would that love one. that. And I think I would love a VW van, the old ones. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I think that's what I would love. Who's had the coolest car that you know that you've ever that you've seen? Oh, of the, like someone that I know personally. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, Brian Rich. It's an old friend of ours. He has a beautiful Porsche that he, an old classic Porsche that he rebuilt the entire thing and the engine. It's a beautiful car. That's a beautiful car. Uh -huh. You know, the little round ones, you know. I don't know what model that is, but boy, they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Actress Michelle Green.
Now, going into IndyCar's next race, and as we record this, it's going to be at Alabama, Will Power was sixth in the driver's standings, while Sebastian Bourdais was 15th. Bourdais has driven in eight Grand Prix of Long Beach, and his best finish, IndyCar-wise, was back in 2017. He finished second to James Hinchcliffe. However, his success previously in kart and champ car racing was eye-opening. He won those races at Long Beach three straight years, from 2005, 2006, and 2007. So what about Bourdais being inducted into the Long Beach Motorsports Walk of Fame April 11th? Yeah, that's uh, it's a pretty big honor, that's for sure. Going to end up with a, a bunch of uh, very uh, distinguished names of uh, motorsports. So uh, quite, uh, quite a day is going to be over there. Yeah, and you've had some pretty good success in Long Beach. You've uh, come up with uh, wins in the card series at, uh, from 2005 to 2007 and on that race course over there. And you really enjoy those road tracks. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, my, my background is, is road course, street course. Uh, I got I got to discover ovals only when I, when I moved over to, to the U.S. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what's so cool about uh, the entity uh, IndyCar series. It's uh, the mixity and the variety and... Um, yeah, it just requires uh, quite a quite a few skills and uh, and it's extremely demanding. So there's there's a big sense of accomplishment when you when you manage to, to come out on top. For people who follow IndyCar, they're well aware of your background and and where you're from and all that. But I for those who aren't, and I have a lot of people on my podcast that may or may not know, but you actually was born in and grew up in Le Mans, in France. Yes. I mean, that's like growing up in Hollywood. I mean, that's like being born. Well, actually, I was born in Hollywood, but that's but. It's but, like yeah, being born in Hollywood in the in the movie business, or being born in in India in in the U.S. Uh, if if you become a race car driver, so yeah, it's it's just those uh, those very recognizable names in in the sport. And your dad was a race car driver to an extent, correct? Yeah, yeah, he was never never was a professional, but a pretty accomplished uh, amateur driver. I saw some things that listed some of the things he did. One of them was a, I guess, a hill, a hill climber. Now, was that? Are we talking about a guy that actually climbs hills, or are we talking about a guy that gets in jeeps with really fat tires and goes up hills? No, no, a hill climb, hill climb, uh, time trials. Yeah, so just uh, you know, different classes of cars, and uh, he was he was always in. Uh, in GT or touring cars, um, but uh, yeah, he was uh, did that. Did did some uh, some gym canners and uh, uh, yeah, slam kind of slam tracks, and then started uh, racing on on road tracks. I think uh, just after I was born, the year the year after I was born, so eighty or eighty one. When was the first time that you actually got a chance? if at all, to drive in a race with your dad or at least uh, go through a run with him? Uh, the first time uh, was actually at uh, what what we called, uh, it was a, a vintage race in uh, Cobra Daytona uh, from, from a sponsor. Uh, and um, that was in 2001 or 2002 at uh, Montlhéry at uh, what was called the... Uh, uh, Age d'Or, or the uh, Golden Age. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he never actually put you in a car and raced it with you being a kid or anything like that. He waited till you were a little older. Yeah, you know, I mean, we, uh, we, we, he has one big regret, is to not um, not race with me uh, 
in the 24 hours of Le Mans, which was almost possible. We just kind of ran out of steam uh, finances-wise uh, in my very first uh, 24 in, in 99, so it gave me a seed, but uh, yeah, I know that's one of his biggest regrets. Wow. And you had a chance, of course, to race in Le Mans recently, the last two years ago. We talked to Joey Hand on the show, and and between the two of you and, of course, two other drivers, you were able uh, to win your division. Yeah, we, we won the GT class for the, the Ford GT return in um, in 16, and that was uh, that was that was really amazing. So just just a great uh, a great memory with Joey and Dirk, and and uh, you know, being part of the the Rico Highball of the GT program. So that was that was pretty awesome. It must have been really good to have you as a co-driver because not only were you obviously very talented and were able to drive, but let's say they wanted to go out to a really cool dinner spot or something else. You knew Le Mans like the back of your hand because you grew up there. I mean, I would imagine these guys would always say, so where can I find this? Where's a good place for this? Yeah, I had a few questions, but, uh, you know, they, they've been to Le Mans quite a few times, uh, both Joey and Dirk, so they, they kind of knew uh, where to go and, and the places they liked and, and everything. But uh, we, we did have a, a nice team party at uh, at my place, and uh, it, was, uh, it was great to have all the guys and, and, uh, and teammates. Aside from racing, which Le Mans is well-known for, obviously, what else are they known for aside from racing? If you were to pick the second thing that Le Mans is known for? Uh, I guess it would probably be uh, a very uh, typical um, uh, recipe, which is called Riette. It's kind of a, um, a slow-cooked pork recipe that uh, cools off in its, in, in its fat, and it kind of makes a, not, a, not a pâté because it's a lot more meaty, but uh, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what Riette are. Um, and more for culture and and uh, sightseeing the the cathedral is is uh, quite quite an incredible uh, piece of architecture it um it was built over um a couple different uh <laughs> styles because it took so long it caught on fire because it was a wood structure first and and then it obviously so got from the romaine style to the gothic style um so there's a, a complete uh, mix of in, in that uh, cathedral, which is actually really, uh, really massive, and sitting on top of uh, that uh, fortified uh, old city of Le Mans, uh, which there are still some murals of, yeah, the Gallo-Roman age, which which is quite incredible. The still you can still see to this day. So there's there's quite a few more things than just meets the eye or the reputation, I would say. You were talking about the food. I almost thought, wow, this guy knows his cooking. Do, are you a pretty good chef? I wouldn't call myself a chef, but uh, yeah, we, we cook. We cook a little bit. What's the meal you are known for? Uh, what do you make a wicked, uh, like an omelet or what? <laughs> no, we, we, try, we I mean, omelets are on the menu sometimes. I, I don't know if it's the best omelet or what, but uh, it definitely uh, fits the appetite. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there are a lot of different dishes that, uh, we, we kind of, um, evolved a bit and you grow with and you change a little bit from, from your mom or, or, you know, um, your dad, that's for my wife. Um, so yeah, this, this, I wouldn't go into the details because it's, it's, uh, it's like giving the French name wouldn't really, uh, do it, but, uh, yeah, I def- definitely enjoy just, you know, cooking and, and, uh, kind of uh, trying to uh, transmit that to uh, to our kids. Who's a better chef, you or your wife? 
Um, we both do different things. Um, I wouldn't say we're, you know, particularly uh, great at you know either of us, but uh, we, you know, I think uh, I think the kids don't tend to complain very much, so it must be pretty decent. Now you married a track and field star in France and have a son and a daughter, as I understand. Which way are they leaning? Do they want to be a race car driver or a track star when they grow up? <laughs> well, neither right now. So, uh, which which is fine by us. I mean, they they gotta find you know what uh, what gets them going and what really passions them. That's that's all you can wish for uh, your kids. So, uh, um, yeah. I mean, Alex is uh, he's still young. He's nine years old, um, and he's kind of touching a little bit of everything: soccer, um, just different sports and, and whatnot. Uh, he's very much into the ninja warrior stuff right now. So that's that's kind of the the, the thing right now. And our daughter is a lot more uh, focused on on one thing. She's uh, she's totally uh, dedicated to uh, dance. So uh, um, yeah, just uh, five five or six days a week, and uh, and pretty uh, pretty focused on it. So we'll see uh, how that goes. Very good, very good. So. Uh, you, of course, are being honored here in Long Beach uh, coming up. When you look back at some of the races and you went through that streak where you have a couple pole positions, um, you had some two other podium finishes, what are like the most vivid memory of you uh, racing at the Long Beach Grand Prix? Uh, well, there are quite a few. I mean, you know, winning in a winning car or championship, you know, um, contender team is is always a great thing and and as you know those mcdonald uh, days were with newman has were absolutely amazing uh, we we dominated the event three years in a row and and won the championship four so um yeah, it's it's just been it's just been one of those but ultimately um i, I think um you know you you cannot remember moves or uh feelings and um yeah i mean last last year was was Pretty awesome, uh, just being able to um, you know, to just go through the field and and do things. Unfortunately, we didn't get the the final result we will uh, we're hoping for. But um, yeah, there's always next year. So hopefully that uh, CL Master Honda number 18 will uh, will be uh, will be great once uh, once more. We talked about your dad being a racer, and I I love to know when you were growing up. What was your first car? What was your first car experience? And I don't mean racing, but just your regular day-to-day driver kind of thing. Did Dad get it for you? What was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was actually. Uh, um, they have they have those cars in France that uh, are called. Um, they're not company car, but uh, like on the fleet, and they only have two seats, and and you know any car can be bought like that, and and then the back is like for. Uh, threatened stuff and uh, so that that was my first car that you can um, refurnish after it's being used in the company and and just put seats in the back and change the insurance and the title and whatnot so it was actually a a Renault Clio diesel Um, so not nothing really sexy or anything but uh, it was it was getting me from from races to races and uh, that that was freedom for me because when I started racing I was 16 and I didn't um, I couldn't drive Uh, I could drive with an adult next to me, but not on my own. So um, that that changed my life quite a bit, for sure. And you had it was a two seater, so you couldn't like stuff everybody in the back seat and go somewhere. No, I mean it was it was changed after the fact, but uh, initially it was only uh, oh. it was only for two people. Kind of like a businessman special, the way they used to have those cars <laughs> here in the '40s and '50s, where you'd have t- like a bench seat, and then the entire thing was left for putting 
um, business suitcases and stuff in the back and driving yeah, that, all over. Yeah, that's exactly that. Yeah, okay. that's exactly that. But then once you bought the car and transformed it, then then it became a, you know you changed the title of the car and, and then it became a, a normal civilian. You know, or, How much? Yeah, what's in your car. garage currently? Uh, we have the the company car from from Honda, which is a Honda Pilot. Uh, that's just a great car to get the family around. And uh, my wife has a has a Tesla because she's uh, she's Mrs. Green, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's actually a fun car. I have to I have to give her that. Uh, and uh, and we have the 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 toy, which is a, a very nice toy, and the Ford GT. I was told that you're not a big Formula E guy when it comes to getting in and using those electric race cars. Is that true? No, I mean, it's not that I'm not a big Formula E guy. I just, um, in it, you know, for me, there's um, there are different aspects of racing, and, and I very much enjoy, uh, um, you know, what obviously the experience of, you know, motorsports is as, as a whole. And I think there's a whole different, um, thing that's opened up with the Formula E or the uh, electrification of, of motorsports, um, and you know, for me, there's a factor missing, which is the sound and and you know the smell and and you know, I mean, all the things that are probably not very good for the environment, anyways. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's also entertainment. So there's a fine line between those two. But I mean, I don't condemn. Any form, and just uh, you know. Ultimately, I've I've never really had the opportunity to uh, to try the electrification in, in racing, uh, other than in go karts uh, at uh, at the uh, um, Paris Bercy event when when they had those uh, electric go karts, which were actually a lot of fun to drive. But uh, yeah, I think you know it's just a, a transition and and a different different mindset. Of all the cars you've had, and I'm talking about probably off-road cars, I mean cars that you weren't racing, what's the one car that you no longer have that you would love to get back? Uh, well, you'd be surprised. I really have not owned many cars. I think all in all, I had that uh, Renault Clio. I had uh, one more car after that. Uh, that Actually, we probably have owned over my life so far five cars because I've been very fortunate to always get cars from sponsors or different uh, different uh, things. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not been you know one other than the GT right now. Obviously, that uh, that kind of yeah. Does what what was trick, your favorite so. sponsor car? Uh, I, when I was in Formula Three, I had a kind of a toy. 20-year-old kid. It was a, an Opel, uh, Opel um, Astra, which was uh, pimped up by OPC, their kind of um, AMG or HPD of, of, of sorts, and uh, that, that thing was pretty wicked. <laughs> uh, and, and now looking ahead, someday down the line, every car person has this list, the list of the top 10 cars that they uh, someday would love to own. Now, I'm not going to make you do 10 choices but what are the top three cars that are number one two three on the sebastian Bourdais? i want that one of these days list uh i wouldn't be able to tell you because i i'm i'm not actually like i i don't fancy things i'm just so fortunate to be able to uh to do what i do and um you know push those things to the limit at racetracks that uh you know i, I don't yeah i, I don't them so much you know road cars which you know 
it's it's awesome to obviously you know sit in those things and and you know just just look at them and track them and and do um you know little tools around and whatnot but you know for a race car driver when 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 you really can't do much with those things other than getting trouble <laughs> it's uh it's it's pretty frustrating so as far as i'm concerned i just i just enjoy taking race cars around race tracks and and just um yeah you bring up a good point. Myself so fortunate. You you bring up a good point though. I mean, you know, you 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 work at racing, going as fast as you can, as safely as you can, and on these tracks. Is it hard to like get your mindset? Oh, I'm just going to drive off. I mean, like when you take that Honda Pilot, it's like you don't want to slam it into like a side spin or something like that. Well, not with the kids in the car, obviously. But do you have to like think twice before you start race and driving on city streets like that? No, no, I don't. But it, it's also because, like, you know, you try and keep the temptation. Yeah, when when you get a um, kind of a family car that's just you know comfortable and 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 quiet and drives you know very smooth, it's not tempting to go fast. If you if you sit you know in a you know in a GT or in a NSX you know with Acura, which I had you know a lot of fun with around the racetrack, giving rides the other day at St. Pete, you know, it's just like. It's for a race car driver. It's then it becomes so tempting that you know it's just I don't need that. <laughs> just, you know, it's, it's more problems than than you know pleasure, I guess. Okay, you're coming back to Long Beach. You're getting ready for the race next month. Tell me a little bit about how things are going for you on the tour this year and what you're looking for as far as succeeding. What's gonna what it's gonna take to succeed at the Long Beach this year? Uh, you know, more of the same. I mean, obviously, that Master Honda number 18 last year was, was on it. Uh, we, we had a heck of a race going on. Um, the only guy that looked stronger was uh, was Alex Rossi, obviously. Um, and, you know, we just got cut out uh, in by yellow, and that ruined the day. But, uh, you yeah, know, just hopefully we can we can close the deal. We, uh, we uh, yeah, we've been, we've been a factor for the last two years. Um, and... Uh, you know, 17 was was a bit of a strange season for me, but uh, 18 we came back strong, and um, yeah, I mean we we haven't had the greatest start at St. Pete, um, but uh, hopefully we can can have a few good races uh, between now and 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 uh, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, and uh, and just uh, just get the job done. It's going to be a, a crazy weekend for the uh, HPD and Honda camp with with the race being uh, um, you know promoted internally now. Uh, it's always been a very special event for us when when you're in the the, the family and and uh, and now it's going to be even more so. So hey. hopefully we we have a great one. Glad to hear you're doing well, healthy health wise, especially after the wreck and all that. So that's not a complication at all. No, not anymore. I mean, it's uh, you know, I'd I'd say that uh, it's ninety ninety percent, you know, kind of over with uh, there's obviously some some low lingering things um you know running is still not particularly comfortable stuff like that but uh you know i, I can i can do most most things i want pretty much indycar driver sebastian bourdais hey if you're listening to this before april 11th 2019 you can still attend the long beach motorsports walk of fame inductions that'll be 11 o'clock in the morning april 11th so there's a lot of 11s to remember april 11 2019 11 a.m it's located on south pine avenue in long beach's downtown waterfront right 
next to the Long Beach Convention and Entertainment Center and right over by the Pike at Rainbow Harbor's Entertainment Complex. You can check it out. And don't forget the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. That gets underway April 14th. Now, if you're listening after all of that, then just enjoy the interview. Have fun. You already know who won, so I don't have to tell you. Remember to subscribe to Talking About Cars on Radio.com, iTunes, and KNX1070.com. That way you can be notified when a new podcast is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you're on iTunes, please give us five stars. Leave a comment about what you think of the podcast, because the more you do, the more we move up the automotive podcast rankings list. Ooh, gotta like that. Getting into the top 200, that is a key. Our website is TalkingAboutCars.net. Don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And remember, listen, share, subscribe, rate us, and comment. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars. Cars.